0: How about that, Gunners? It's on, isn't it? It's absolutely on. Uh, I join you Sunday afternoon. Arsenal have just thrashed West Ham 6-0. Total control. Great game. Absolute domination by the Gunners at the, uh, the Olympic Stadium. So we're about to do a debrief now. Um, it's live. It's only with me, though. I'm alone today. You may have heard Grev the other week doing a debrief of forest we didn't get to do a debrief of Liverpool because we were at the game I was traveling still for work Grev uh, now is also traveling he is away um, sunning himself well-earned break but fear not we have got a lot to discuss today a superb performance by the Gunners so without further ado let's get into it and then we'll talk about the game Saka. That is a diamond of the goal. It's back up. That's magnificent. This is this is my club. Fucking love this club. Horrey. What a goal. Gabriel Martinelli. He's scoring for goal. right so we're going to start as always with a bit of a, a rip-roaring review today uh the rip-roaring review today no surprise is uh is about the fact that we we are absolute killers uh ruthless clinical all of these things that we have been talking about right that we've been moaning about in a way you know the intensity has been lost uh, we we're, we're playing slower we're, we're not uh, taking our chances when we need to and, and sometimes getting, you know, games like Fulham when we were to, when, when we when we draw to all uh, not get taking the chances when we needed them against Villa against West Ham at home. Right. These things are uh, these things were not a problem for us today. I, you know those, those words ruthless killers clinical. They were absolutely key. And we killed it in the first half, we left no room for the for them to come back on the second half to put any kind of performance in. We, we we killed them right in in that period between 20 minutes and 40 minutes. We just absolutely destroyed them. Um, it just makes me so happy. I mean, are, are you guys happy? I, mean, I I definitely am. like to see a performance like that, that's exactly the kind of performance that we were seeing last season. the kind of performance that got us excited. And I think what we're doing here is we're just being really intelligent this season about how we've been doing this. The last two games, Liverpool and this game especially, and we were starting to come alive. We're starting to see that Arsenal we were familiar with last season. And, and to be honest, to see the fact that, you know, West Ham fans leaving in their thousands at about 40 minutes, wasn't that just beautiful? Wasn't that just beautiful? Um, and Declan, Declan putting the knife in. I mean, fair play. He loves West Ham. He's a West Ham boy and... The celebration, classy of him not to celebrate, but at the same time, no mercy, no mercy. Uh, w- me and a couple of friends were chatting, and I met went on iMessage, and I just went, I just replied like, "Put the knife in deck," because that's what it felt like. I he just killed them. So, and, and I have no no qualms whatsoever uh, about us stuffing West Ham. You know, after that performance that we put in at the Emirates, it was like thirty shots on their goal. We just couldn't score. They managed to get a, a lucky, a lucky goal or two, and it was a stingy, frustrating loss to them. Um, and and we absolutely dominated them at home. And now we've absolutely dominated them away. And for me, that that was that's been coming to West Ham. We've we've owed them an absolute kicking, and today today we did. You know, I think at 88 minutes, I saw stats. Um, which were, I think it was 25 shots, 12 on target, 72% possession and 46 touches in the opposition, opposition's box. So that's just total domination. You you can't beat those numbers. And I think this is a perfect example of a day when, you know, Mikel works on numbers. he He always talks about the fact that, you know, at some point the consistency is going to pay off. And today, by all means, it paid off. I mean, West Ham were particularly poor we'll talk a little bit about that um I don't know how poor they were I've not watched them enough recently I know they've been they haven't won since they beat us so they've clearly been on a bit of a downward spiral now whether they're as bad as you know the Sheffield Uniteds and Burnley's and the teams in the relegation zone I'm I'm not too sure but they weren't good today and um they still have quality players on the pitch Bowen Kudus so I I'm happy for us to be able to put a performance in like that and um yeah, just you know, we're in it. We're in it to win it now, and I think that kind of naturally takes us on to the uh, to the next title, which is we're in it to win it, and 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 this for me is about is this now our version of Man City, and what I mean by that is this is our running for the title since the the winter break we appear to be. Back with this energy, this intensity. It feels like we've learned from our lessons of, of previous seasons, where you know we we came out last season with so much energy, so much intensity, and we tried to keep that going. Even when we lost Jesus after the World Cup, we kept that going. But we got to March and we flatlined. Like we were we were done. We had no saliva. We had no party. The energy sat from the team. We weren't able to create chances. And, and we've talked about it many times. That's what lost us the league. We ended up losing the league by five points to City. It was so close when you think about it at the end. And we we should have won the league last year. And is this Mikel looking at our team and going, right, boys, flick that on switch. We've been playing at 70, 70, 60%. And now we're going into the 80s, 90s. We're, we're going full gas now for the title. And I I hope this is. I mean, when you look at how Liverpool have played this season, they've been, in my opinion, uh, fairly consistent. You know, they're winning a lot, but they are scraping points. If you look at the level of quality in their midfield, it's just not where a City or an Arsenal are at. It's it's just not. Um, Liverpool fans may disagree, but in my opinion, they're not at the level of which Arsenal are at. And they are heavily... Heavily reliant on Mo Salah, and and that's okay to have a player like that. Man City have Harland, Liverpool have Salah. Um, they do have other players contributing, but you know when he's not there, that the, they, they they do suffer. And my question is, can Liverpool keep this consistency up? You know, Man City are going. You know that Man City now, there that dial that dial is moving now. It's moving, um, but my question is, is that dial now moving for us as well. Are you going to see a different Arsenal for now to the end of the season than what we've seen at the beginning? You know, when we think about the start of the season, we were talking about the slower tempo, the need to be ruthless and clinical because we weren't creating as many chances. We weren't playing with that same intensity. But if we look at these last two games, the intensity has been there, the aggressiveness has been there the creativity has been there, taking our shots, taking our chances. You know, we don't have the, you know, the the, the main striker. we playing habits up front in the moment. Jesus is injured. Eddie Clee is not, in my opinion, got the confidence from Arteta. Obviously, he would be starting. He would be the backup striker. So, I would expect to see Eddie move on at the end of the season. I'd expect to see a big-name striker come in. Hopefully, Ivan Tony from personal preference. But, you can see now that we we are we are starting to move dials and we're not reliant on that one striker. Goals are coming from all over the pitch. Trossard playing in the number eight. Saka playing on the wing. Martinelli, Havertz is getting goals. Our defenders, I mean, how many goals have we got from defenders this year? I don't have the stats to hand, but Saliba and Gabriel, they just turn up in big moments and they're scoring. Uh, I, I'm loving this. I'm loving this. Yo, yo, you can continue to see the pundits criticise our lack of a striker. But if we continue to play the way we are to the end of the season, if we continue with the intensity now, if we continue to be consistent with the way we're playing and the creativity, and obviously that's going to rely on injuries working out for us. It's going to rely on careful game management in the Champions League and the league because we're we're going to go for both, let's be honest. we're We're not going to not go for both. So we're going to have to manage that really well. But you can, you can absolutely see that this is, this is where we can go on a run. If we get key players back as well, you know, Thomas Partey's got a chance to come back now. We, you know, we didn't sell him in the winter, so we've got him to the end of the season at least. So if he's there, use him, you know, covering for deck. Georgie obviously can cover in a certain way as well, but I do like seeing Declan and Georgie together. So uh, we can get Timber back as well, sorry, and Tommy Asu, which was I, I want to talk about those a little bit later. I think there's a, a pessimistic view in me, which is a little bit on the Kivi issue, in my opinion, but we'll talk about that in a bit. But, but yeah, if we can just get these players back, if we can then maintain this and we can go on a run, I'm absolutely certain, absolutely certain that we can be in this to win it. Um, I'm, I'm very excited by what I saw today. I'm sure there isn't any Arsenal fan that wasn't excited by, by what they saw today. Um, so yeah, I genuinely believe it's it's up for grabs, and um, and we've got to push Man City and Liverpool as hard as they're going to push us. Right? Um, today they played and won both there, both both played yesterday, and they, they got the points and they put the pressure on us. Today we turned up and we came right back at them and went, all right, here you go. And now the pressure is back on them again. We're playing uh, what, three o'clock kick off, I think, on Sun, on Saturday next week, Turf Moor. So I, don- I haven't checked when their fixtures are, but we have a chance to put even more pressure on them. We need to give it them as as, as good as they give it us, and uh, let's see what they let's see what they come back with. So let's get a bit more into the detail of the game, and I, I want to talk about first of all, Saka is back. Saka is back, baby. Um, look. We, we talked, he's been pretty good in the last few games, but for me today was him cementing his position as our best player, our star boy, our most clinical, but at the same time, also like you just don't know what he's going to do i i was interesting i was watching paul merson on sky sports just as the game finished and he was talking about oh you know he's going to dip from dip into on onto his left foot that's just what he does but i and and one opportunity when he did score yeah he uh he did do that but he was all over the place especially in the first half there were there were three chances in the first half where um he he was he was causing absolute havoc for the west ham defense uh I think there was one where the ball went across from the box and he was in a position for a header. He should have scored that, in my opinion. He put it wide. A lovely through ball from Odegaard to the byline. Ariola, however, came out and narrowed that angle down. Um, and, and I think there was a lot of people saying he should have scored that. In my opinion, that was an incredibly, incredibly difficult um, opportunity to take when you look at the angle, when you look at how everything was narrowed down. He put that wide in the post the only other option was to hit it straight at areola so i i don't have any challenges or concerns with that but then to win the penalty you know he got in that position the through ball came over the top everyone was like is going to be offside i was fearing the uh, the pullback after the penalty for for var there was no there was no issues there um <laughs> i don't i would say var went our way, but i think genuinely team was just in a, in a great position and as and soon as he took it round Ariola, the only thing Ariola could do was foul him um, and give the pen. And then the penalty, beautifully taken, beautifully taken, bottom right hand corner, pace, power, clinicalness that we needed. No, no qualms, no concerns when when he steps up anymore to take a penalty. He he is by all means uh, probably one of the best penalty takers I think in the league, especially now Harry Kane is not there. I have no no concerns it's so nice to just see him scoring again right as well you know the goal in the second in the second half he had so much space Odegaard if you're going to give him that space Odegaard's going to find him and and at that point he was predictable you know he cut in I think West Ham though at a point I felt that there was a little bit of the fact that they'd given up by that point I think it was four nil and they they were really bad defensively at that point but but he still needs to do the business he still needs to turn up and to do his usual kind of cut inside and this time didn't go for the far post to whip it round he he kind of cut it down to the right hand side of the goal uh brilliant clinical finish um for me the fact that you've got someone at 22 50 goals Uh, youngest player to get to that since I think it was Cliff Bastin and starting to grow into what I truly believe is what I'm seeing now I just want to see the consistency I really hope that we we use him appropriately for the rest of the season if you look at how we've used him in the first half of the season we never gave him a rest but I think if we can use him wisely we're going to continue to see that level of consistency that that Man City have in Haaland, uh, the Liverpool have in Salah. You know, um, we took him off at 67 minutes today. That was great to see. Finally, we're giving the boy the rests that he needs and we are protecting him. Um, you know, put him in a blanket, give him an orange Fanta, let him go to Nando's uh, and we'll see him next week against Burnley. Um, the boy deserves to be rested at 67. I know he may want to play the whole time, but I I, I want to see him wrapped up in cotton wool when needed. And, and we didn't need to play him any further in 67 minutes. The game was done at 6-0. So really, really happy with that performance. I also want at this point want to just talk about Martin Edegaard. Again, I think he, in my opinion, was a little bit... Um, people may say he was absent in this game just because he... He didn't appear on the screen in focal points, but he just does what he does. He 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 was finding the passes. He was playing the interconnection play around the box. Uh, there was one chance uh, before um, before Saka's uh, second goal where he he put the through ball in. We think it him through to Saka, and then Saka did uh, a, a play with with Habits and and took a shot, and and then Martinelli couldn't get the follow up. But it was just his passing ability, his vision. He again was just Mr. Consistent. I have to take my hat off to him. Um, always an eight out of 10 performance. And that's exactly what we want. And again, Declan as well. Um, at this point here, I think Declan was another of a standout in midfield. Again, he's a Rolls Royce midfielder. Not much more to say because I'd just be repeating things that we've said before. What I will say though, what a finish. What a finish. Uh, I think it was Martin, Martin Odegaard and I can't remember the other player now, but the, one of them needed to hit it. I think it was him or Trossard. Neither hit it. Both missed it. And they are like, oh, I think that's going to come back to a West Ham player. No, it was Declan just coming in and just hitting it first time. I miss those kind of goals. I really miss those kind of goals. I was so happy to see him strike that. Uh I mean the only other player we've seen do that is Thomas Partey when the ball's kind of cut back and he'll whip it in you know eight times out of ten party putting that in the stands. Declan has an amazing ability. I think we saw him do a similar finish against Chelsea when um when the keeper was was caught off his line. It's the ability he has to whip that ball uh with his foot. Um and it was a worldy, world-class finish. So again, hats off to Declan. Um, consistent, not intimidated by some of the fans booing him. And I think the West Ham fans realised, you know, we need need to do that no more. And it was fair play to some of the West Ham fans for for applauding him when he was subbed off because he's a legend there. And uh, it's nice to see him get the plaudits that he deserves. We're just so lucky, lucky to have him. So I'm going to move on. I'm going to talk about one other guy i really want to call out today he stood out to me um i want to talk about well i've called this section bossard because leo leo trossard bossed it today super performance i i was i was i wasn't concerned about him playing in the eight i mean if i my preference i was i was hoping to see georgie and rice again like liverpool i felt that that was what was needed I was wrong, put my hand up, Mikel knows best. Um, he was superb in that position because I think West Ham didn't know how to deal with him. They didn't know what to do. He was kind of popping up in all positions. Um, no one could get tight to him. He was making runs. He was controlling the ball. He uh, comes over to that left side. He, he teams up with Martinelli. He plays that kind of gap between Martinelli and Kivior. In a it, it was perfect in that position. And then, three chances in less than five minutes between the twentieth and the twenty-fifth minute. He didn't score any of them, but you sense he's going to get a goal today. Uh, he he had the the I think the chance. It was one chance that fell to him. Uh, I think he hooked it with his right foot, and it went it went past it went well wide there was the the volley that he produced out of nowhere. And that, for me, that came out of nowhere. Like we were getting, we were warming up at this phase into our, you know, we were after at the 20 minute mark, it felt like we as a team were just warming up. I think we'd had a okay start to the game. I think there were a few chances that made me a little nervous, but but at 20 minutes, we just really started to, 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 to move a gear up. And we saw, Tross be kind of part of that you could tell at that point a goal was coming for him and the volley for me I wasn't expecting him to take the chance I thought he might take a touch first but first time volley wasn't expecting it bit lucky if I'm honest for Ariola that it was quite central but he still had to make a really good save um, and credit to him he did because if that had been either to the left or right he wasn't stopping that that was hit with aggression and the technique in which to hit that, I, I was, I was, I was unlucky. I was unlucky, but I was also very upset that one didn't go in um because I think we'd have been talking about one of the goals of the season. But when we, let's talk about his finish. So his finish was was beautiful. I mean, the defender couldn't get tight to him. He he managed to hook it onto his right side. I don't think the right side is always his his best side, um, but. From that, he was able to get a shot away just inside just inside the box, top corner. I think Ariel got a hand to it, but the power he got with the precision of getting it in the top corner was brilliant. Um, you know, the, the power he put behind the ball just pushed it in past past Ariel's hands. Um and Trossard's scoring now. Like that's again, I think the first half of the season, we had a few gripes at times with Trossard because he had an amazing preseason we were like expecting big things from him because of the, the, the level of his performances in preseason, and he was coming on and maybe not always performing when he was starting. He definitely wasn't in a few of the home games I was at, especially the Fulham game. Um, he wasn't taking the chances. He wasn't turning up. He wasn't doing what we were expecting of him. Now we talked about two big games, two goals consistent and, um, his score came. think came off the bench to score against Liverpool today. He started and he scored again. He was causing havoc for the West Ham defense because playing in that eight was very difficult for him. You know they expect him to probably play on the left side of, of 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 the front three. Today you added him into that mix and he was causing havoc because he was in different positions. He was moving around. He was getting around. He was playing in the build-up play. Just a again a a, another top top. Top performance from him, so I want to see more of that to the end of the season, and we're going to need more of that to the end of the season. I don't think you're going to see Trossard starting every game in the left eight. I think it was uh, Mikel identified it as the the right kind of game that he could that he could put or take the risk of putting putting Trossard in there because you can't always put Jorginho and Bryce in there. We we know that Habits would probably go in there, but in the moment, Jesus is injured, so. Good tactical decision, great performance, um, and I'd be interested to see if he if he starts against Burnley next week. So I'm going to move on now to always the pessimist. Why am I saying this? Well, it was an amazing performance. We've already kind of discussed some of the the great the great bits of uh, of play, but I I do want to just briefly talk about. <laughs> Rather than making me shit myself in the first 10 minutes, um, I want to call out Kivior. I think we've seen enough of Kivior. Uh, when you sign a player from Syria, he needs to have time to bet in. He's had time now to bet in. But I believe that we need someone better. In a title running. Now we had no option today. The bench was exceptionally weak. We had no option but to play him. We've got no Zinny. We've got no. We didn't have Tommy Asu back. We didn't have Timber. But at the start, the sloppiness. To he lost the ball in our half. He set West Ham on a counter attack. At that point, it just set the alarm bells off. The natural nervousness that we get as Arsenal fans at that point. Um, I just felt we, we're always... I always say there's always one. There's always one goal. And I thought that if anything today, it was going to be Kivior that that meant we conceded. And look, he did make one really good tackle, I think, from Kudos in our, in our box um, to stop Kudos getting, getting to the ball. However, it was the ability that he has to make a mistake still you know the giving away of of the ball um as well when he made a pass to Martinelli there was a few mistakes that I was just totting up a little bit like I do with Zinny, I admit that I can be quite critical of our team and and we did it was Z- I've done it with Zinni before and I was doing it the same with him I think there's now a nervousness when he plays for me I think if you play him maybe at centre-back it's maybe more his natural position the left-back position, he doesn't look quite natural there and he didn't have time on the ball uh, and 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 he found out. Uh, there was a few times when we we lost the ball today in general, I think, where we, in the first 10, 15 minutes, where West Ham got a little bit of counter-attack. Now, luckily, those counters came to absolutely nothing because... We, you have Gabriel and Saliva in the centre, right? And they can they can deal and mop up all of those things. But for me, it's that kind of consistency of that shouldn't be happening in the first place. Those are the things that I still want to see us brush up on. Those are the things that I want to see us improve on. Because if we're playing a Man City, if we're playing even a side in the top 10, we're getting punished there. We are absolutely getting punished. So those are the things for me. I think for, personally for, for me, Kibio's got to go at the end of the year. He would have had one and a half years with us. I think he's not, uh, I think he maybe is okay for a League Cup kind of centre-back. He's like kind of now filling in the Rob Holding role in the squad, which is okay. Um, but then I'd say, why could we not just keep kept, kept Rob Holding? I, I, I don't believe that he is at the level where we are now taking our defence to I think Timber and Tomiyasu are going to prove that. I think the fact that they'll start over him when they're back. I think the fact that we were looking at the the very young 17, 18-year-old Ajax centre-back who's captained the side already in his kind of first year in a bit. So I, I do expect to see him leave. And I expect to see uh, another player kind of come in to replace him. Um Yeah. I think I'm going to move on now. Let's talk about set pieces and tactics. So I first of all I want to talk about the defensive tactics. I think in the first half, zero touches in the opposition half for West Ham, in the in the box in the first half. Brilliant stat. Absolutely brilliant stat. I think West Ham, yes, you could argue that they were really poor, but in the first half, in the first few minutes, first five, ten minutes, they had plenty of counters, and I was a little bit on edge, as I said. So the fact that we are able to be consistent, I think is props to Gabriel and Saliba. Still, I believe, even though we have lost four games this season, I still believe that we have the two best centre-backs in the league. I still believe that if you, if you take out the fact that we have had defensive um injuries with our wing backs, the consistency that we've been able to have at center half is we, we have the two in-form best centre backs in the league. I mean someone will say to me what well, about Virgin Van Dyke, what well, about Ruben Diaz? But for as a partnership, no doubt. I have no doubt in in their quality and their consistency. So I for, for me that was some, just something I wanted to call out because Every game, they they are being consistent for us, and I think that for again critical. I, I I worst case scenario, any player getting injured is one of those two to the end of the season, because I I believe that those kind of run ins to a title are based on consistency and partnerships that are really well cemented, and I think if you lose one of them. I do not have the same confidence of putting in a Tomiyasu. Yuri and Timber, we've not seen it centre-back yet. Kivios, as I said, not at the level. So for me, um, we just need to really hope and pray that that they stay consistent and that they they stay fit. Moving on to tactics and set pieces, I want to applaud our coaching staff. I really want to applaud our coaching stuff because I remember the game against West Ham at home. I was sat right behind the dugout. I remember watching Mikel's set piece coach. Apologies, the name forgets me. Going and and trying to orchestrate from the edge of the the edge of the the manager's kind of or the coaching the coach's box, trying to orchestrate what we were meant to be doing. And to be honest, I, think I remember talking on, on the next day or on the podcast about what we were doing there because the players weren't listening. No one was looking, no one was responding to him and I took the mic out of him. But I have nothing but flowers for what they are doing right now. Um, I will quite happily uh, eat my hats, hand out an apology because what they are doing now um, is, is completely proven we are the most dominating side when it comes to set pieces in the league. If player teams do not want to give away corners to us because we will punish them. Uh the, the consistency <laughs> again that Gabriel and Saliva are showing, especially Gabriel, the amount of goals he's getting this season from headers is I don't think I can recall. I remember Thomas Vermarlen used to get quite a few goals and Lauren Koscielny used to as well. But I'm, I'm not at the level we're now doing it, and and I've got nothing but flowers for what they're doing. You know, if you look at how we are from different positions, whether it's a free kick on the edge or whether it's a corner, how we're doing it, we're being really tactful. I love the fact that we are particularly swarming in within kind of the kind of three to four yards from the byline. Um, we're crowding that area of the box massively um and we're doing it with big tall dominating players um and when you have big it's, it's a little bit like old school arsenal right when you've had T- Tioni adams steve bold martin keown quite big tall dominating brutes at the back um it feels like a bit of an old school tactic but it's absolutely paying off for us i think if you if you were to bring in a striker of that caliber like an ivan tony as well if you've got Rice, if you've got parties, you've got Tony, if you've got Saliba, Gabriel, Ben White, if you've got all of these big tall players in there. We're, we're just gonna continue to, to to get goals from corners. I don't think there's many teams in the league that are that are able to to challenge us in these positions. Um just really outstanding. And even for the the, the Saliba's goal was was brilliant. There was a lovely swarm. Um he won his one on one battle with the guy marking him, lovely header into it, in, in nestled into the bottom of the net. But then let's just talk a bit about uh the, the, the goal for Gabriel as well. So, first of all, the delivery from Rice, I was quite surprised to see Declan actually taking the free kick. I don't know about anyone else, I mean, I don't recall that usually being uh Declan's responsibility. I would imagine usually a, a Martin Odegaard taking it from that position, but clearly something they've been working on in the in, in training. Beautiful ball, a beautiful ball, uh, perfectly timed, a little bit of whip, had a little bit of spin in it. And there was no, the, the, again, there was no challenge from West Ham at this point. And, and Gabriel managed to get himself in the perfect position. And actually, that header, depending on the angle he catches that on his head and how he positions it, that could have gone either inside of the post or outside of the post. Lucky for us. But went inside of the post and nestled in the bon corner. Ariola, nowhere near it, left standing, couldn't do anything. So again, uh I just I'm just loving, I'm just loving what I'm seeing from set pieces. Great ball from deck, Gabriel just being completely consistent with all of his all of his attacks in the moment. I think you know he's gonna get more goals this season. I think it could be one of the highest uh seasons for a goal scoring centre back. I'd love to look at those stats and and maybe for the next pod I'll dig those out. So I think it's just time now to to move on to the final thing, which is the is the parking lot. So a few things just I wanted to kind of call out. So first is lovely to see Ngannweeri come on. Uh, I still have a tremendous hope for him, uh, even though that he was not maybe able to impact the game very much. I think at this point we'd killed it. West Ham were, were done. There was... There wasn't much. I think Eddie got took one shot away, uh, had one chance that he could have taken, taken better, in my opinion. But for me, every every minute for Nani is uh, is important minutes. Um, he is still only sixteen years old, right? And he's had two appearances now. Yeah, I think for for Arsenal in the Premier League, I think it's only going to grow. The fact he's sixteen, he's only had two. I think people say Arteta doesn't doesn't Give our young young youngsters uh, an opportunity. Well, yeah, I can understand why at the moment. But today he saw an opportunity to give one of one, one of our one of our one of our reserves, one of our youth team players, an opportunity, and it was great to see him on. Uh, I have tremendous hopes. I watched the, the the documentary Jack Wilshire uh, last year, um, and, and there's so many good players kind of coming through the system. So I have high hopes that a few of those can become the next. Bakayo can become the next Emil. And for me, just getting those minutes in an environment, in a stadium like that, it's such a precious education. You can't buy that education. So I'm really happy with that. I want to talk a little bit just about one concern I have, which was, I think I touched on it earlier, the weakness of our bench today. When you look at the bench today, centre-back-wise, there wasn't any options. Um, we had Cedric, you know, personally, if anyone's listened to this podcast for a while, knows that I am a Hector Bellerin fan. And when Cedric came in and kind of killed Hector's position, I think Hector maybe wouldn't want to change anyway at that point. But uh, I, I wasn't, you know, personal never forgiveness for me. But the fact that we only had Cedric as the kind of standout defender, um, the midfield depth not too bad with Jorginho pretty decent and, and and he actually came on today uh, had a chance to score in my opinion he just hit it straight down the middle um, we had some okay depth in midfield but then the attacking options are very recent Eddie don't excite me coming off the bench and I don't mean to be disrespectful for to to, to the both of them but I just look at the calibre of City and I look at the calibre of Liverpool. We've talked about this many times. We're just not at the same kind of level and that's the thing that we need to improve on. Uh, Defending-wise, I'm sure when we have Timber and Tomiyasu back, that defensive death is going to look a little bit better and we're going to be breathing a little easier. Uh, I think that I'm wondering whether the only question I have, whether is, have did we make any mistake in January? just not signing one proven player um, who could have given us that depth to get to the end of the season. As we're really reliant on two things. One, the players who are injured coming back. And two, no one else getting more injuries. And I, I do fear that it's going to bite us. If I think we do not win the league, I don't think it's be because of our performances. I mean, we might lose games. Between now and the end of the season. But I don't necessarily think that that's because. I basically, what I'm trying to say is I think that that's because we're missing key players for injury and we haven't been able to put the quality of performances we want in. Um, we haven't been able to consistent with the type of player that we want in the in. You know, there are now some key players that are consistently turning up with injuries. Party's always been one. Jesus is becoming one. Zinchenko is becoming one. And Emil, where was Emil today? So it's it's a challenge. And I, I do. I want us to be ruthless. We need to get rid of these players who are getting injured and just get them out and bring in replacements. We cannot afford to be in a run-in where our best players are injured it just can't happen we can we 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 have learned our lessons we've been through this as Arsenal fans for many many years with players that get consistently injured and never never become the quality of player we need um, I do think we need to be Rufus here Zinchenko in my opinion he can play in the middle that's great have him as a backup midfielder on the bench but do not have him needing to be a starting left back it just can't work there if he's going to continue to be injured Thomas, I think we'll see the departure of Thomas Party in the summer window. And um, with regards to Jesus, that's, it, he gets injured a lot. So that's maybe, maybe he just needs less games. So backup, let's have him as a backup striker. He's going to hate that. I mean, any player would hate that, right? No one wants to be a backup striker, but I think he might be one. And that's not a bad backup to have, but we need uh, a consistent forward. Who's going to guarantee us goals? Who is going to be a dominating threat up front, and most of all, is is consistently available. Moving on to just next week, uh, thoughts for the Burnley game. Uh, very simple. Let's keep going in the same way we left off. Uh, lineup wise, I don't have any concerns if we start with the same lineup. I also don't have any concerns if we put Georgie back in and we play. We um, We play the same way we did against Liverpool. I think going to Burnley is always a bit of a hard game, usually physically. Though I think under company, there are different sides to what they were when we used to go there on the Sean Dice show. It'd be interesting to see whether maybe Arteta still goes with Trossard in the eight, or whether he may go with Rice in the eight and Georgie at the back, or maybe go with a double pivot with the two at the back and then just Odegaard in the kind of 8-10 position. Interested to see what happens there. I think I'm comfortable with whatever we decide to do. so uh, i trust in the manager i think that kind of wraps it up for today um we will be back to debrief uh the burnley game Uh, i think Grev will still be on holiday so you might be getting just me but um if you have stayed with me throughout all of this please do me a favor and subscribe uh we're looking to grow the podcast um and the only way we can grow is by getting your comments your feedback your likes and su- subscribes it's helping us to understand not only what we can do better uh, and where we can improve but it's helping us to grow and, and and get visibility out there of course if you're listening on podcasts please uh, again subscribe follow wherever you get your podcasts leave us a review leave us a star rating if i was Greg, i'd be saying five please but yeah please give us five um yeah and uh yeah apart from that uh enjoy your evening gooners celebrate this victory it's been a great one and uh we'll see you very soon cheers all.